listening to my TV years from TV Choice. Please welcome your host, Mel Gedroich. Yeah, we couldn't afford to get another voiceover artist to do that bit, so I'm kind of covering. Yeah, uh, Mel Gedroich. Come on, you can do better than that. Huh, that's more like it. Well, as always, thank you for downloading this episode of the podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure to give My TV Years from TV Choice a follow, like or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. My guest this episode is not just a big name in British comedy, but he's a good friend of mine. You'll know him from sitcoms such as Outnumbered and Not Going Out. He's a stalwart of Mock the Week. He wears great shirts on Mock the Week. He always wears the best shirts. Various shows he's done alongside his comedy partner, Steve Punt, and so very, very, very much more. He was in the latest Bond film. Yeah, it's Hugh Dennis. Now, dear Hugh, may I please, please, may I call you Desky? I mean, it's you kind of... You can call me whatever you want. Yeah, you're, traditionally, you do call me Desky, don't I you? I know. If, do you mind? Is that OK? We've talked about mind. it. It's OK, Yeah, we've it? talked about it. I don't mind being called Desky by you. I mean, it's slightly odd, but, um, but delightful. <laughs> <laughs> now, Desky Dennis, yeah. it's really, Desky really, it's really yeah. good to have you here. Um, yeah. I want to know, first up, what's mm. the first show, the first TV show that you remember watching? Well, it doesn't have to be a TV show or the first thing I remember watching on TV. Are they different things? Oh, Are they the same thing? That's that's really needling, but I like that. So the first, the first TV show that you remember watching or the first show you remember watching on TV? The reason... Oh. the the reason we got the television, yeah. I think, and we got the television at the beginning of 1966, when wow. you weren't even thought about, were you? No one had thought about you in 1966. No. 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 Uh, and we got it, I think, because my dad wanted to watch the World Cup. Okay. Yeah, and my first memory is watching the World Cup final. Oh, that's a great, that is a great thing to remember watching. Classy. How, how old? <laughs> and we won, which is something we haven't done subsequently. <laughs> I'm thinking you were very, very young when that happened. Were you one? No, no. I was. I think I was about um, ten, three and a half. I might even have been four. <laughs> three and a half or four. I can't remember when the World Cup final would have been. June, maybe was it? July. It must have, yeah, it must have been early I July wasn't or something. Fully conversant with the months at that yeah, point. Yeah. And do you remember? Was I mean? Was it a big family gathering? It must have been a huge excitement in the Dennis household. Yeah, I think so. I mean, my, my I have uh, a brother who's just not interested in sports at all, and there are only four of us all together. <laughs> so right. Probably my dad was watching it avidly. I was kind of watching it, not knowing really what I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I expect as it was. I can't, uh, but again, all I can really remember is, well, he's just sort of watching it and sort of uh, being aware of the sort of the score changing. Yes. So, um, and the noise, do you remember the noise of the crowd, the, the, the sort of the yeah. extraordinary... Yeah, yeah. What I don't remember is the colours of the shirts because it was all in black and white. Yeah. So... <laughs> what were the colours of the... We were all in white, weren't we? No, we were in red. Oh, okay. red shirts on. Oh, that's great. So you've got the TV in the Dennis household. Great excitement. It's black and white. I'm imagining it's quite deep and boxy as they were in those days. Did oh, it it's have... a massively thick television. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> with with a little... Biggest bit of furniture in the house, I think. Larger <laughs> than the sofa. Absolutely massive with a tiny screen. And yeah. lots of wood 
always lots of wood. Oh, yeah, lots of veneer. Veneer was very, very important at that stage in televisions. Veneer was big. And which was the show then that your mum and dad absolutely loved watching but you found incredibly dull? Yeah, when, when my brother and I were teenagers, my parents became obsessed by butterflies which was a sitcom with uh, Nick Lindhurst uh, playing a teenager and Geoffrey Palmer and Wendy Craig in it. And oh. we, I don't think we were forced to sit down and watch it, but I think we watched it all as a, as a family. But even then, I was sort of aware that we were watching it, was my parents kind of wanted to go, you're like that teenager. <laughs> and you are like that teenager. I knew that they were, they were drawing parallels between our life and the life that they were seeing on screen. And therefore, I found it quite difficult to watch, I think. Oh, did you? I, I, I remember the, um, love is like a butterfly, it's soft and gentle as a sigh, the multicoloured <laughs> moods of love are that like is... its certain wings. Do you remember and that? And you know the word, you don't even know the, know. You know the tune and the words, that's amazing. I think it was a very good sitcom. I, 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 yeah, I was, I was kind of obsessed with it actually, and it was really sad as well. It had a real sort of mournful quality to it, mm. because she's in love with Leonard. Do you remember who's Palmer was a dentist, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a dentist. And Leonard, the the other man, was. Uh, Did they used to meet in a park? Yeah, and it was really yeah. sort of awful. And there was always that question: Was Wendy Craig going to leave the family, or was she not? In the end, I think she didn't, did she? But no. there was a sort of sadness to it. I'm losing everything because of you, Leonard. For God's sake, we've won life. We're over halfway there. Oh. Rhea! I can't. Another, I can't, go away, leave it till another day. No more, Leonard, please, no more. Supposing I... Leap into the water and disappear forever. Is that what you want? Well, at least look at me when I'm dying. That was Wendy Craig as Rhea Parkinson and Bruce Montague as Leonard in Butterflies 1983 in the Loose Ends episode for BBC. You see, this aspect of it I never considered as being part of my parents' reason for watching. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my mother was going through those kinds of, you know, debates with herself. And meeting Which, men, you know, in a local park, trying to decide whether to run off of them. I'm absolutely certain she wasn't. <laughs> Which of the teenagers, Desky, were you? So there were two teenagers, as you said. There was Nicholas Lindhurst, who I think was the younger brother, wasn't he? And he had a sort yeah. of slightly sort of shaggy from Scooby-Doo quality, didn't he? A sort of long yeah. bowl haircut, slightly lanky, t long T-shirt. Yeah, and he flared. had a cooler, older brother, as far as I remember. And played by whom? I can't remember the name of the guy. I was I really fancied him. <laughs> what was his name? That's fine. Uh, um, I fancied <laughs> Lady Penelope from Thunderbird. So, Me you know, who can... I mean, I very mean, attractive puppet. Stunning. Very attractive puppet. <laughs> she was an absolute ruddy stunner, wasn't she? Uh, she was going, she was posh and she had a, she had a teapot with a microphone and a, and a kind of device for contacting International Rescue in it. What more could you want? <laughs> and a good array of hats and handbags. Oh, she accessorised beautifully. Yeah. And she a pink has... Rolls Royce, which is obviously slightly odd thing. <laughs> That's not a euphemism. <laughs> she actually did have a pink Rolls Royce. I, I, I've got a bit of a crush on her as well, actually. I, um, do you remember the song um, that Parker sang 
Do you remember that? Was it called Yes, My Lady? Yes, My Lady. Oh, yeah. And she goes, oh, Park. Do you remember this? Oh. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you when she started singing it. OK. Oh, Parker. <laughs> yes, my lady. I think I'd like to take a little ride. And Parker. <laughs> I love Thunderbirds. I mean, I think of all the... All the um, Series that you kind of rushed home from school to watch. Except it wasn't on then, was it? It was on a Sunday morning, Thunderbirds. I can't really remember, yeah, but I loved all those programmes. Yeah. I loved Thunderbirds and I loved Captain Scarlet. Stingray. And even now, I love the fact that Mikel Arteta, the manager of Arsenal, looks a bit like Captain Black. That's who I think of every time I see Mikel. That's very good. I'll give Arteta. you as well. I'll give you Parker looks like Noel Gallagher. Yeah, a little bit. Doesn't he? <laughs> It's maybe not mm, yeah. not very kind to Noel, but I think he does. But he hasn't done time, has he? Bloody hell, Parker did time. Parker was an ex-con, wasn't he? Of course he bloody was. Oh. Yeah. All right, my lady. It all began the last time I was away. In prison, you mean? <clears throat> well, if you were, what do you put it that way, my lady? I shared a cell with a gentleman known to the trade as Light-Fingered Fred. As a matter of fact, it was him I referred to as being the only other soul capable of doing that safe job for his lordship. Go on, Parker. Well... That was Aloysius Parker, voiced by David Graham, and Lady Penelope, voiced by Sylvia Anderson in Thunderbirds, 1965, the Vault of Death episode for ITV. Did he often um, sort of put his... Con skills to use within a storyline of Thunderbirds. I can't yeah, really remember. Yeah, he had remember. to be forced. He generally had to be forced to do a thing which he'd done when he was a convict. He didn't want to do it. So when they're stuck in a vault of a bank, I think it's the Bank of England, they're stuck yeah. in this massive electronically operated vault and uh, they can't get out. And eventually he does it with a hair clip. He just goes, yes, he just knows how to. He's known how to do it for the preceding hour. That's <laughs> But he just won't admit that he knows how to do it. So they've tried all sorts of things. And then he uses a hair clip on the door. That's very good. But they had everything Thunderbirds. There was a character for everyone. There was a slightly boring Virgil in Thunderbird 2. There was a the yes. sort of exciting but a bit too neat Scott in Thunderbird yes. 1. Yes. Alan, slightly lonely. Fancied uh, Tintin, not Tintin, the Belgian boy detective, but Tintin, the character. I love Tintin. I mean, yeah. the, Which the, Tintin? the Thunderbirds, the Thunderbirds character. Uh, yeah. Is that the one show then, Desky, that you would never miss as a child, Thunderbirds, would you say? I would try not to. But do you know what? I mean, I watched what I think of or thought of then as an enormous amount of television, but there was hardly any television to watch, was there? So, I mean, if you came home... You know, if you came home from school or you were ill or something, you know, when my kids were young, they could just flop in front of the television and watch yeah. television all day. I would basically have to watch the test card all day if I was doing that. But it's funny. I, I did the same. I mean, I watched a colossal amount of TV and ne it never seemed boring, actually. Even watching the test card kind of would have been quite interesting compared to what else was going on in real life. Do you know what I mean? The best days for me were if you were ill in summer, you could sit down and you could watch a test match all day because they, they oh. just filled the, 
schedules or schedules. And I'm yeah. not sure which. Which do you say? I say schedule, but I'm a bit okay. of a... Um, yeah, I'm a sort of... Okay. Schedule. schedule. They filled the schedule with test cricket, didn't they? You could do five yeah. days in front of the television. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think was your longest stint of TV watching? And by that, I mean, literally, pretty much the eyes don't leave the screen, apart from if you need, need to go to the loo. Well, it would have been that. I think it was... Te I mean, I, I was literally glued to test cricket at that point. So it would start whenever a test match started. And uh, five days later, I would still, <laughs> I would still be watching. Having With... left, except to go to bed, you know, when they said... It stumps. I remember my sister was really, really good at long stints of, of TV watching and she'd have a little bottle of um, Optrex with the little eye bath and she'd occasionally Ooh. just look away and um, do the eye bath and then come back to the screen. If you were off sick, Desky, and you were missing, you know, a day of school because you were ill, yeah. obviously yeah. you couldn't watch Thunderbirds. Well, I suppose you could watch Thunderbirds if you were ill on a Sunday, which sucked. But I'm talking weekday, <laughs> weekday viewing. Yeah. What, what would you watch? There I was mean, nothing poor, on. Poor Literally nothing on was poor there pickings. when I was... Yeah. Nothing. I would, I would have to watch. There was kind of like children's telly at points, was there, or schools broadcast. Oh. It was not very exciting. And then possibly the Open University on BBC. <laughs> so I watched a thing about astrophysics, you know, as, as an eight-year-old. Watching a man with a beard broadcasting from Milton Keynes. I mean, I laugh about it, but I did. Yeah, I did every now and again. Yeah, I know that you other, did. <laughs> the other thing I didn't do, though, as far as I'm aware, was miss much school. I don't think I was ever off. I don't think I was ever off school. Were you off school a lot? I used to do all sorts of pesky things to get off school, like getting the thermometer and placing it yeah. near the radiator so that the temp would go whoop all the way up. Then you pop it in the mouth. Mum comes in, oh, God, I've got a really high and temperature. do you think now you are a mother yourself that your mother <laughs> didn't know what was going on there? I think she was so tired, Desky. I was the youngest of four and quite sort of quite pesky characters and I just think she was knackered. But why were you never off? That's bizarre. Were you, you just loved school. I quite liked school, but I'd yeah. never really get ill. I think my parents were of that sort of school where they went, oh, there's nothing wrong with yeah. you. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come which on, is, off you which go. is, I mean, which is good actually. Which is good. Fair play to them. Is there a show that you'd all sit down together to watch as a family? Well, we watched quite a lot of telly together actually. I mean, we did, uh, you know, uh, Forty Towers. We all watched yeah. together as a family, and Dad's Army we watched together as a family. I think we used to watch the Eurovision Song Contest of together as a family. You don't say. I think, Desky, you you no. did avidly. You know, I mean, it's you not did. as good as now. <laughs> it's nowhere near as good as now. Well. <laughs> genuinely no it was better in those days wasn't it it was sort of quite competitive in those days you were genuinely thinking you know we might win and uh you know his puppet on the string <laughs> really gonna win it this year and um, it did yeah it did yeah Sandy. but i think i prefer it now i think it's you know it's, it's more sort of i mean do you think the, the songs are probably better now than they were yeah, the songs probably are. I mean, I'm sort of amazed that we haven't been thrown out of it somehow. Oh, man. For our attitude. Oh, no, we've <laughs> got to do something. We have to seriously do something. I mean, I could wang on about this for the next hour, but I, I won't bore you. But my vibe is that sometime very, very soon, we should send a really fabulous, amazing drag act. I just think we do that really, really well, and it would just be marvellous to kind of 
explode with something really good and a bit different on the stage. But we still get no. We wouldn't get any votes, would we? It's a. It's this weird mixture of music and politics, isn't it? That's what fascinates me about yeah. it. Yeah, it's sad. Oh, I mean, Blue very nearly got it. They came eleventh, I think. How could you say we very, very nearly did it? They came eleventh. Well, no. The thing was, they <laughs> they scored they scored really, really highly with the public vote across Europe. They scored fantastically oh, well. Okay. But what they didn't realise was the dress rehearsal is always filmed and the judges around Europe are watching and that's how they make their votes. They, they'd forgotten that, so they did the dress rehearsal and God bless them, they just marked it. They didn't give a full-out performance. So they scored really badly with the judges and then they scored amazingly with the public vote. So they might have got top three, I reckon. It was a very good song. Even top three, you're sounding like an Arsenal fan. Aww. You know, anywhere in the top four is absolutely Aww. fine. I, it's, I know, I know. I just think the idea of even making it onto the left-hand side of the leaderboard is just, if that were to happen, that would be just extraordinary. I mean, we'd be, anyway, anyway, anyway. Do, do you remember any specific Eurovision moments that you all loved and cherished as a family? Bucks Fizz, for example, 81. Yeah, no, I think I was already at university uh. then. So I don't think I was watching that. What about Boom Bang yeah, Bang? Lulu. What year Lulu. is that? Lulu, 69. 69? Yeah. Well, maybe that. So boom Bang Bang. Boom Bang Bang, Lulu. And not long after Boom Bang Bang, or possibly just before Boom Bang Bang, I went with my parents to, uh, to see my uncle and aunt in Southampton, yeah. where I'd never been. And we went for a walk after lunch on a Sunday afternoon in Southampton. Yeah. And this little bit of Southampton called Shirley, and in the middle of this... Common, I suppose. I was sort of, sort of aware that I sort of recognised the person walking in front of us, about twenty yards in front of us. And they turned round. This couple who were walking together yeah. turned round, and it was Lulu. Wow. And Barry Gibb. Yes. Was, that, was it Barry? She, she went, was, was it wasn't Morris. It was it Barry. She was married to Barry yeah. Gibb, wasn't she? <gasps> yeah. Why they were walking in a park in Southampton on a Sunday afternoon? In Shirley. In Shirley, yeah. Very, very um, weird. There must have been quite a height difference there with Lulu and Barry. Did, was she a lot? Oh, there she was. was lot, I think that's probably what gave her away. A lot tinier. And honest. she was probably... So what year was that, Desky? Do you remember? Well, about then, about Boom Banger Bang time. Oh, my gosh. And that she wasn't being sort of mobbed by, by good folk of Shirley. No. Strolling along. No, it was a different times. Different times. Wasn't it different and times? I, Just me and my family going, oh, look, there's Lulu. Did you go up to her? Did you sort of say... No. Oh, oh no, you wouldn't. Different, different times. times. You didn't do that kind of no. stuff, did you? You just you were satisfied by the fact that you'd seen Lulu in a park in Southampton. Yeah. That That's so sweet. That was in much the same way <laughs> as... Um, <laughs> in about 1972, I saw Cliff Richard outside Mill Hill Police Station in North London. No. Where he... Oh, no, he was presenting the Metropolitan Police competition there was a competition every year run by the metropolitan police and he went there to promote it and my whole class we went up to the police station to see cliff <gasps> richard i'm not even sure i knew who he was but i went anyway and i saw him but i love the way that a whole class was taken out of school to go just to go and see cliff from a distance 
from a distance. I think it was more than the one class. I think pretty much the whole school went up to the very small Mill Hill Police Station. That's absolutely marvellous. So he would have still been high off his win. With congratulations. Now, hang on yeah. just a tick. I think that might have been number two. I don't think he won with congratulations. Did he not win with it? I think he was number Did two, sadly. So Eurovision would probably get the Dennis family to sit down to watch all yeah, together. Yeah, we'd like Eurovision. We'd like the Eurovision. Yeah. And ask the family is the other thing we used to watch as a family. Robert Robinson. Robert Robinson quiz show. Slightly odd families from around Britain who were willing to go on television together and be asked quiz questions. Hello. Well, this is indeed the witching hour. Very soon we shall know who is the cleverest family of them all. For meeting at Philippi, we have the ultimate survivors. Let us start with the Aldwinkle family. They come, if you remember, from Blackburn in Lancashire. Mrs Eileen Aldwinkle is a lecturer. Good evening. Mr William Aldwinkle, a school teacher. Good evening. And their children are Rosemary, 13, and Catherine, 12. Hello. And then their opponents... That was Robert Robinson hosting Ask the Family, 1983, the final for BBC. Did you ever think, as a family we could do that. I mean, I'm sure the combined brain power of the Desky Dennis family would be pretty amazing. No, I don't think so. I mean, again, you know, rather like butterflies, I was thinking, I'm, I'm so pleased, really, that we're not, we're not like this family. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, I was thinking, oh, you, you know, you don't want to go and tell me and answer questions like they that. They were always well geeky. When you get back to school, but when you get back to school on the Monday morning or whatever, or the next morning, yeah. it's not going to be a happy time, is it? No, not not in a show like that. You'd want to be seen on top of the pops or um, I'm going to put Magpie in there. I'm going to put Magpie in there. That was, you know, something cool. Magpie, because it was on ITV, was a bit sort Trendy. of slightly different, yeah. wasn't it? It's really... Were you allowed to watch it? No. The third channel was pretty much verboten, actually. I think Dad snuck in something like one of those uh, 70s cop shows when Mum wasn't watching, but no, we were... Sweet. Sweets, exactly, exactly. Mm. But uh, no, we were solidly BBC, absolutely, all the way. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, well, we were as well. I don't think we were... We weren't expressly forbidden from watching. <laughs> yeah. But my parents didn't hold Susan Strange and Tony Bastable in the same high regard as Valerie Singleton and Peter Purvis. Who would? Who would no. in, their, in their right mind? What's the show that you watched that made you think, oh, hello, I'd quite like to, I'd quite like to have a go at that or I'd, I'd quite like to be involved? Well, I don't think there was a show that made me think I wanted to be on television, but there were lots of shows that made me think making people laugh is quite a good thing. So I suppose, you know, without really formalising that thought... But, you know, stuff like Dad's Army. With the, the, so my dad was a vicar in, um, in North London. And one of the congregation was the vicar in Dad's Army, Frank Williams. I love the vicar. He, yeah, no, he was great. Oh, he's amazing. And then he did a whole series of tunes adverts and things um, subsequently. Brilliant voice. Yeah, no, he was great. And he was a lovely, lovely man. Oh. And I remember, you know, I remember thinking... You know, that's amazing. I know this guy who was in that series. So it, it kind of didn't seem impossible that you could, you know, just be fairly ordinary and end up end up there. Yeah. But, you know, Dad's Army and um, all those old sort of sitcoms and the two Ronnies, I think, and the Porridge and stuff like that. You know, and I was, I was amazed 
And I, I think this has sort of affected the kind of career I've had, actually. But I couldn't believe that the same guy on the two Ronnies was Norman Stanley Fletcher. They just seemed to be completely different people. And that was a sort of revelation to me, really, that you could, you know, you could do that type of comedy and, and act at the same time, which is fairly standard route now, but I don't think it was then, really. He was extraordinary. Did you ever meet Ronnie Barker, Desky? I don't think I've ever formally uh, met him, but, you know, the BBC used to have uh, light entertainment yeah. parties at Christmas every year at Television Centre. So when Steve Button and I got on telly in about sort of mid-late 80s, I suppose... He, you know, he was very much still around and used to, you know, you would see him in the distance nudging each other and go, that's Rocky Parker, that's Rocky Parker. But you never, you never went up to him? No. No, no I don't know why. I was probably scared, yes. actually. I was really excited once. I was invited to a, a thing at the Beeb um, to sit in the audience for something. And um, so I took my seat and then I saw next to me there was a name place and it said Ronnie Barker. And I thought, oh, my days. I'm going to be sitting here probably for upward of two hours. I can't remember what the show was, but watching this with Ronnie Barker next to me, I was so excited. Never showed up. Did he? <laughs> Never showed up. Did he know you were going? <laughs> was that what happened? Desky, probably. I felt like an absolute knobby no-mates. So I had this gaping hole next to me. I can't remember who was on the other side. Probably somebody delightful, but, um, oh, that was a, that was a gutter absolute ruddy gutter but i probably would have been too tongue-tied you know that awful sort of embarrassing thing what was your first involvement then in tv production was it was it with um steve your comedy partner i need to think the first thing that we did on television was either aspel <gasps> where we we had to go we used to do oh, uh, sort yeah. of a cabaret yeah. set where we did a, a sketch about the names of tube stations and we went on Aspel which was live and it's traumatic because I forgot the sketch halfway <gasps> through just completely forgot no. everything no Desky tell me <laughs> yeah. what... no but it was fine and he was delightful he just went oh well never mind and now some music <laughs> oh Desky and he didn't know he was, he was absolutely fantastic about it um, so it was either that or equally traumatic. It was a Thames community programme, Thames television community programme, where I played a tree. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, one of those very early jobs. I had to stand behind this sort of cardboard cutout of a tree okay. in Regent's oh, Park, I think. Okay. I mean, you, there are enough trees to not have to dress up as a yeah. tree, I would have thought, in Regent's yeah. Park. But I was dressed up as a tree. I, for what reason, I just cannot remember at all. But I do remember the embarrassment of somebody I know might walk oh, past in a minute. Desky. <laughs> and what was the budget like on that? Was it, a good, was it shocking or did you have makeup? Was it sort of... Well, I had an entire tree, man. I was, I was, I was at the entire oak tree <laughs> I had. And did, did, you, did anyone spot you? Any, anyone walk by that you knew? I don't, no. Fortunately, I don't think anybody... No, no, they didn't spot me in the park, and nor did anyone see the programme. So we were absolutely perfect. But with the Aspel show, did lots of people watch it? I mean, it was a very popular show on in the 70s at the time. It was a chat show, wasn't it? And a sort of... Yeah, and I remember that horror. Just kidding. Terribly sorry. <laughs> I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. Just awful. Oh, and what did Steve do? What did Steve do? 
Stephen to this day has never mentioned it. I You're don't think. joking. He just, he's great like that. He just said uh, it wasn't cross or anything. We just sort of wandered on to the next thing. <laughs> you haven't. Rather odd reaction to it. You never spoke about it. Not as far as I can remember, no. That is absolutely... He might have gone, never mind, doesn't matter, kind of thing. Oh. Which would be very typical. Oh. <laughs> and kind. <laughs> oh. So the tree in Regent's Park for the Thames um, community show, Yeah. W- would you say that was your breakthrough TV role? No. Or is there another? No, it didn't lead to, it didn't even lead to Gardener's World or anything like that. And... <laughs> Um, no, See, I think the breakthrough, the TV breakthrough, was about uh, a year and a half maybe after leaving university. Right. So we'd, Steve and I had been doing the comedy store and jongleurs and places like that, and, and Jasper Carrot came down to see us. It was amazing that it happened at all, really. He just said, um, you know, would you like to be on my Saturday night uh, show on BBC One. Wow. So sort of from nothing, we got asked to be on his his show. We were asked, it was live, oh, and he didn't know that he'd have enough material, so he just wanted a bit of a buffer. Yeah. So he said, well, if you write a sketch every week, we might use it or we might not, and we won't know until the dress rehearsal on Saturday. That's quite... Whether you're going to be in. That's quite nerve-wracking. Yeah. Back by nine tomorrow night, or we charge an extra day's rental. Got any good videos? No. <laughs> this is a video shop, we've got rubbish, all carefully arranged in sections. Rubbish, total rubbish, rubbish thrillers, children's rubbish, musical rubbish, and I keep all the porno rubbish right here next to the counter so I can see exactly who's looking at it. Evening, Reverend. <laughs> Have you got uh, Room with a View? No. Jean de Florette? No. Mona Lisa? No. Fish Called Wonder? Yeah, we got that, but it's out. <laughs> that was Hugh Dennis and Steve Punt in Canned Carrot 1990, Series 1, Episode 1 for BBC. We were actually used every week. He decided after week one, really, that we should kind of be part of it, I think. And we did five series, wow. I think, of that. Wow. But it's an amazing... But, I, you know, but that idea, I think, of having one break, that was absolutely a break and a, sort of an enormous break to go from nothing to being on BBC One. But actually, over the course of a career, it isn't just about one break, is it? It's no. about you need you need lots and lots of... Lots and lots of things to go your way, I think. Yeah. And I'm sort of forever grateful to Jasper for it because it was a very generous thing to to do, wasn't yeah, it? To hand yeah, yeah. over four minutes of primetime television to two, you know, young comedians. Yes, it's cool, actually. It's very, very... It's really it's cool. It's really yeah. cool. It's really cool. Mel Smell. The best deodorant if you want to smell like me. Mel Gedroich which is a smell of perimenopause meets being 53. It's quite pungent. What were you obsessed with at the moment on Teledesky? What's your absolute... What are you talking about? What do you tell everyone to see? What do I watch? I don't watch much comedy, actually. So I I sort of... I'm catching up on stuff at the moment. After having finished Succession, yeah. which was sort of amazing and, you know... Harrowing. <laughs> kind of thing oh. yeah and harrowing it got too much but for me just it got great too, isn't it it is great it almost got too much for me in season three i just i didn't know how much more i could take after kendall's 40th birthday i was i was rinsed i was absolutely mangled <laughs> i found that so incredibly bleak brilliantly bleak hey you found the gift for my kids hey kendall it all turned out 
Uh-huh. Well, it won't turn up if we don't look for it. Hey, Ken, take a break. Would you like my gift? Yes, I would love that. It's a watch. Okay, wow. Yeah, thanks. Is it uh, inscribed? No, it's or? just a stupid watch, okay? I'll get you something else. I don't want to be a dick, but I, I have a watch. Yeah, I'm just trying to get inside your head and figure out why you would give me this gift. That was Jeremy Strong as Kendall Roy and Annabelle Dexter-Jones as Naomi Pierce in Succession 2021 in the episode Too Much Birthday for HBO. But it was bleak, but it was that fantastic mixture of very funny. I've met Matthew McFadden, very, oh, his character is just sort of amazingly funny, yeah. done amazingly well and bleak yeah. and upsetting. And, I mean, that's why it's so good. And actually I've become slightly obsessed by the, um, the sort of 1960s title. Uh, listen, se- that film's bit at the beginning same, is great. Same with us. Same with us. We we decided that it's a mixture. There is some actual archive in there, and there's some stuff that they've obviously filmed. But it's so it's so brilliant that you can see the characters, just literally as they're going to be as adults in in that child form. So Succession is definitely a, a, a TV obsession. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, kind of one of those where you think. Oh, brilliant. It's, yeah. It's on, you know. I find if box sets are available right from the get-go, I just sit down and I watch all of Absolutely. them. But that sort of diminishes them somehow, yeah. I think. Having to wait is a is a good thing. I agree with you, though. There's something really nice um, about having to wait for for an episode to to drop, as I believe is the, um, the correct terminology. Where do you stand on the season series argument? <sighs> I feel bad because having said, I would never say the word schedule, Desky, I realise I do now say season. And I think I'm just trying to get in yeah. with the young'uns. It's a series, isn't it? A series. Is it, well, I say season now. Do you say well, season? Having yeah. said, I'd never say season. I know, it's weird, isn't it? I, I sort of, I like to think back to Valerie Singleton. What would she have said? She'd say programme, wouldn't she? Television programme. Welcome to this episode <laughs> of... <laughs> episode. A series of programmes. <laughs> yes. And I think I know the answer to the next question I'm going to ask you, Desky. I've just got a hunch about this. What is your fave ever theme tune? I think I know. Do you? What do you think it is? <laughs> Well, possibly. Yeah, come on. But actually, no, actually. What? (laughs) What? I think, I think that is beaten by any one of those sort of ITC programs from the 60s, so things like the Persuaders and the Avengers and all those ones. Which I still find, uh, if I'm struggling to think of things to write, I will put on an album of TV themes from the 1960s. And somehow that changes my head space. That is <laughs> very, very good. performed by the Laurie Johnson Orchestra. Absolutely brilliant. Composed by Laurie Johnson. I mean, they're proper big 
orchestral, beautifully produced, beautifully played, big horn sections, you know, no stinting. No, no, there was a bit, yeah, a bit as you say, big orchestras. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to do that. I've got some old uh, vinyl of old theme tunes. I might, I might do that. And it has to be 60s. It can't be 70s. Oh, it can be 70s. It can I be think 70s. the Persuaders was mainly yeah. 70s, wasn't it? Oh, the event. Do you remember the Persuaders? You never watched it. No, I do it. remember the do Persuaders. You? Yeah, my mum was quite into the Persuaders. Actually, no, what's my mum? That was ITV, wasn't it? Yeah, she wouldn't have been into the Persuaders. No, no. Oh no. She might have done it surreptitiously. <laughs> you just don't know. <laughs> Who's your TV hero, Desky? I think my TV hero really just, and this is a very boring answer because I think loads and loads of people give it, but I think it was Eric Morgan probably. <sighs> Not boring at all. Totally understandable. Really just such a funny man without saying anything. No, ex- extraordinary. Amazing. Extraordinary. And always a sense with him of, and I don't know if this was incredible, meticulous rehearsal, you probably know, but just a feeling that he was kind of doing everything off the cuff, which is just so brilliant. I just think it's a mixture of both, wasn't it? I just think mm. he probably liked to throw Ernie Wise, metaphorically, mm. to see what would happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As we all do. Don't you do that? I do. In your, um, yeah. <laughs> I like, to, I I like to throw Ernie Wise. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of what you do, isn't it? It, it is. You can only stick to a rehearsal script for so oh, long, can't you? And then. Did you find, I mean, with your acting jobs, we, of course, know you from Outnumbered, uh, uh, among many other things. Did you, I I know there was a lot of improvisation that went on in that show, but if you have to learn lines, do you get, do you get a little bit bored and think, look, I've just got to, I've got to jazz this up a bit? Jazz it up in what sense? (laughs) Just just, just mixed up. <laughs> different, something to Hungarian. I was like, what, how do you I don't work? know, just add stuff in, do, do, do different things for a different take, or is that just very unprofessional? Is that well, just me? Uh, no, I don't think that's unprofessional. <laughs> I don't think it's just you either, but what I really liked about Outnumbered was the fact they told you to say Andy and Guy, who wrote yeah. it and directed it, would tell you to learn the lines, but not very well. Um, which was sort of perfect. That's brilliant. Oh, I like that. And play that. the sense of the line yeah. as opposed to not necessarily the way it's, they've written it exactly. How do they decide who's Prime Minister? Well, there's an election and everyone votes to decide. So is there, like, lots of people and then they say the lines are now open and then they will say, oh, I've had a terrible life and my family's died. It doesn't work in time, And like then that, you no. vote off all the annoying ones until there's just one left and then they go, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, I'm so happy I'm Prime Minister now and starts crying. I think you're confusing democracy and the X Factor. That was Hugh Dennis as Peter Brockman and Ramona Marquez as Karen Brockman in Outnumbered 2010 in the family outing episode for BBC. I just think the urge to muck about, which I think is probably what drove, has driven you and has driven me. Don't you, is that fair? Absolutely. We're speaking out of turn. I think you probably quite like mucking about. Um, oh, it's sort of what drives you, totally. isn't it? Totally. It's about being with the gang, having a great time, and just mucking about, isn't it? And when you think about when you think about jobs as well, I mean, I don't know. I should think this is true for lots of actors actually. That in interviews, quite often people, you know, talk about the the role they've played yes. and you know the meaning yes, of it and all the, the rest method. of it. Which is, all of which is and the method, all of which is great. And I read those articles and I think 
you know, I can remember things that I have had to say as a character, but mostly I remember things like the fun I had. The gags. <laughs> you know, when the camera wasn't rolling. Or the totally. or the lunch. Totally. Or whatever it is. The anecdotes. It is. It's, uh, the anecdotes yeah. I'm, I'm exactly it's a, the same, Desky. It's about the gang, isn't it? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. What do you think's your favourite show of all time? This is the last question I'm going to ask you, Desky. Favourite My favourite show, show yeah, if you had... of all... What if I can't answer it? Oh. What if I say Married at First Sight Australia? That's OK. I'll go with that. No, it's not my favourite show ever, <laughs> but I did become obsessed by it. What, I, do you know, I've not seen it. Why is it so good? Can you please tell me? What, what is so brilliant about it? Because people do, they, re they do go on about this. Why it's so brilliant about it? it well, it's, um, it's a sort of car crash, I think. <laughs> That's the sort of aspect of it. Isn't it? With, and the psychology, I actually am more obsessed with the people who are analysing, analysing the, what's going on in the relationships right. than I am in the relationships themselves. Right, okay. It's sort of got everything. You feel slightly dirty watching it, I must, you have to say, but it's great. And do you... There's one, there's one kind of, I don't know what he is, I suppose he's a psychologist who always goes, you would think at this stage of the relationship, they should be having fun. But it all seems to have dissipated. They need to get back to how they were. <laughs> I, think, I think probably the funny thing about it is that they're analysing these as though they're actual marriages. When in fact, you've married someone who you met, you literally met at the altar. But you were sort of applying all the... Oh, I don't know. I, I, I just love it. I need to get involved. How many of those can you bang out at once? Can you do four? Three. Three. Yeah, three. do four, probably. There are well, three with a cup of tea after the third. Okay. There are certain shows that you can just watch tons of, aren't there? And then some that actually, you, two, two is enough. It's, there's too much to unpick or they're too, you know, as you say, they make you feel too dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah. So, Desky, they do. Here, we, here yeah. we go. We've come to the end of our of our session. Thank you so much for uh, for coming. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. So lovely to see you. And I will watch your favourite show of all time. That's gone down now, in history. Uh, Married at first sight, Australia. Australia. Yeah. Whether it's you know whether it will remain as my favourite show. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, and your favourite show, you know, would be a documentary about Crossrail. Oh, you know that. Oh, matey. Has that been made yet? Crossrail? Oh, no, I know Crossrail's been made. <laughs> They've been doing it for a long time, haven't no, they? No, do you know... Ch changed its name. It hasn't opened yet, though, has, has it? Listen, don't, don't, please. The Elizabeth line. It's, that's a very, very sore subject at the moment. But you think, come on, guys, it's been years now. I've been waiting for ten years for this. You've been getting Crossrail magazine as well, yes. haven't you, for quite a lot of that yes, time. exactly, Desky. And there was a documentary made, and it's brilliant. I've got it. It's a two- or even three-parter. Slightly miffed, Julian Barrett does the voiceover. Oh, no. Does he have any actual interest in Crossrail? I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it, Desky. Well... That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just going to leave. There must be another one when they finally open That up. would be good. Well, listen, I said to my voiceover agent... <laughs> <laughs> is there any chance at all of putting me in the frame to be the voice of the stations? Oh, okay. I asked her about six years. I asked her six years ago, Desky. Haven't heard anything. On that note, Desky. Are we off? We're, 
on that note Desky thanks so so much for chatting it's really lovely to see you yeah and you Ah, the brilliant Hugh Desky Dennis. Always a totes pleasure. Uh, Make sure you're following and subscribed to My TV Years. I do appreciate any nice comments you want to leave as well. Sorry to scrape. I've been Mel Gedroich. I will be Mel Gedroich for the rest of the day, hopefully for the rest of the week. This has been My TV Years from TV Choice. Until next time. (laughs) 